Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener on our private feed where you'll have ad-free episodes and join us in Zoom meetups to meet other listeners of our podcast community. Go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes. Welcome to the Women in Tech Weekly Remix episode. Three, two, one. My name is Esprit Devora, host of the Women in Tech Show. The show means a lot to me. The reason why I wanted to create the Women in Tech Show is I wanted to create a positive piece of content, something where people can listen and say, if she can do it, so can I. This is Mia Kogan Spivak, senior in high school that hopes to study neuroscience and hopefully become a doctor, maybe a pediatrician just outside of Boston. I have two main points on that sort of aspect that moms really shouldn't feel guilty. The first is that, especially as a girl with a mom that is such like a leader and such a what you would really call like a woman in power or, a, you know, you could just say a powerful woman. She is 100% always been and always will be my number one role model because I see how driven she is and how much she has not only achieved outside of herself, but within herself in sort of her whole being being in business and running a business and the whole the, that whole thing. So seeing how she has grown and made that work and like balanced everything in her life. And so just without her even trying to, she has been my number one role model for as long as I can remember. And it's because of the work she does and the type of woman that she is. On your journey, becoming a woman in tech yourself, when did you first discover technology and why did it interest you? Technology and STEM? I I think I first discovered it. Gosh, I don't remember how old I was. Maybe 12 or 13. I no younger. I maybe 11. I was um I did this I don't I don't remember what it's called. This 6 week like every Saturday I would go to MIT. So Massachusetts Institute of Technology, I would go there and I was taking these two classes. Of course I don't remember what they were, but they were very like STEM tech related and so that was my first introduction where from there I actually started taking like computer science and coding classes, computer programming. Then I sort of pivoted and decided that wasn't really for me, but that was kind of my first introduction. And I actually did some girls who code stuff. MIT did like a girls, like a girls coding type of camp, which was actually awesome. Even though I didn't love the coding and the programming part so much, it was a lot of girls that were like really interested and driven in the same ways that I was. So Props to MIT for that and Girls Who Code and the other types of organizations. But yeah, that was my my intro to that and how I sort of got on the STEM tech path. We have a very similar journey in the sense that I found these college programs as well when I was in high school and younger. How did you discover the MIT, that MIT was even accessible to you to take, forget what it's called, uh, it's, a, an extent, it's called an extension program or something, right? Yeah, I think, 
I wish I could. I If I can look at my email, I'll find the name of it. Something like Splash or some kind of thing like that, like Stream. Like the, it was like these these programs that they would advertise for high school and younger students. And how did you find it? I'll be honest with you, it was my mom. My mom really wanted me to, to try out coding, try out some tech stuff. And she found these, these like programs for me and urged me to do them. Hey, this is Karen from KarenDwyer.com. We look after people with chronic illness and we transform their physical, mental and emotional health based in Dublin, Ireland. I started, as I was saying, on Zoom and then I built a program and I used, you know, the learning platform Thinkific and now I'm using this nutritional therapy. So I have a faculty of experts and I was trying to think, well, how do I bring everyone into the same teaching platform style alignment where we can communicate with each other, you know, have access to the clients and how can I best, you know, do that with them? So I'm actually using um, a platform called Better Practice and then I've built my own hybrid technology around it um, and my own website too, where I can amalgamate all three platforms so that the user experience is seamless so that the front end facing website is okay they can get a sense of who I am and what it is because you know Esprit like you said it's it's not a common conversation to be having you know and when somebody is is you know diagnosed with an autoimmune condition there's a lot of flight or fight response and I am not you know medically trained you know I'm a qualified coach and I'm qualified in, in a lot of different modalities but I have a faculty of experts around me in in nutrition and health and in medical and it's like well how do I create a space so that if somebody's in this position that they come and they get warmth that they also get fun that you know even though it's not you know a fun thing to be dealing with but it's light as well as you know encouraging and and loving and it's somewhere to come to get some comfort but also really to get some great help and support. And honestly, it took me about two years to build the website that I've just actually launched. And it's still not perfect. I don't think it'll ever be perfect in my eyes. But I've managed to group everything together and I've built like a report, a wellness report. And this is actually for people that don't have an illness either, because the more and more that I work, the more I find that this program is actually for everyone. It's not it's not just about illness. And even though we, we talk about MS and some parts of it, I've built another program for people who just want to have a great life and actually look at all of the pillars of their life and have them work. But but for me, the technology side has been it's probably where I get stopped the most because I want to have it perfect. I procrastinate, which is my biggest enemy. I procrastinate like hell. And and I usually We'll leave things until like the week before and then be like, okay, you just got to get it done. Whereas I've probably had about three weeks to get it done. So for me, you know, technology that that I use on a daily basis would be Focusmate to actually keep me on track and and accountability partners, which is where we, we met one of the times. Hey, this is Anna Gandrabura. I'm the founder of Tagville. Tagville is a virtual world where you can learn languages and improve your social skills. We are based in Miami. I was born with it when I was seven. <laughs> That's a really crazy story. I, I cannot believe I'm telling the story to the world. So when I was seven and uh, in elementary school, I uh, had a fight with this boy and his mom came to my house 
and to talk to my mom. And uh, she was like, why is your daughter? Why? Why did she like, why did they have a fight? And he said that it, she started it or something. And you know why? And my mom was like, Anna, why did you do this? And I was like, well, he didn't want to learn. I wanted him to learn. Stop. I wanted him to be a better student. Can you imagine Stop. like a seven-year-old saying this? And my mom was like laughing. And uh, well, I mean, I, of course she said like it was, but like imagine me seven years old. And I was so upset that somebody didn't want to study, didn't want to learn, didn't want to like become better. So I think that was it, you know, technically. And then when I, you know, um, was in school, I had a English teacher and my English teacher was like, oh, and I like you uh, learn languages so quickly. And, uh, you know, because I learned English when I was in Ukraine, I didn't live in the U U.S. when I was a, when I was a child. And uh, so technically, that's why I, I uh, continued like learning languages and literature. And then it was. Uh, natural progression to start teaching English, but it was natural progression for me. However, I really loved it. I really enjoyed it. And I wanted to create something that, you know, will help more people like in tech education. This is actually when I had to pivot because when I was 21, I started um, a language school in Odessa, an offline language startup? school, you know, uh, it was it was a language school. Yeah, uh, it was a long time ago when I was 21. But this and then is your first I, startup. That was my first. Yeah, that was my yeah. first offline thing. I don't know if you can call it a starter because it was offline, but I guess so. <laughs> because I started business. with like, yeah, my first business, I started with like having $300 in my pocket. But, you know, I wasn't, you know, I was super young and I wasn't like afraid of anything. And then, you know, when I was working and like, you know, having school, I was always profitable, to be honest. But I was like rich, like, you know, having uh, uh, in enough money that like I really wanted. And I wanted something else, something different. And this is when I actually wanted to start teaching B2B. Yeah, I wanted to be hired by a company and provide like, you know, language services for the company. So that I'm like hired by different companies, not like just, you know, consumers. And this is when I started working for a tech company and they were like, we need English for IT. And I was like, yeah, of course I can teach you English for IT. So I Googled English for information technology textbook. And you know what? It's free. This textbook that is published by Oxford University Press. This book is for people who are learning what information technology is not like tech people, but like, for example, in the book, when you open the book, you learn things like how to say a mouse in English or, I don't know, desktop, laptop, and things like this. And this is not what tech professionals need. So I soon realized that there are no textbooks and I have to come up with my own stuff, with my own stuff for the lesson, you know, and how do I do this if I know nothing about IT? That's why I started learning how to build a website to understand uh, wow. what they, what, you know, people need. And then I was like, okay, now you work with customers. This is why I went to work as a project manager for an American consultancy to work directly with the client so that I can create my curriculum of communication skills for tech professionals.
The Women in Tech podcast is hosted and produced by me, Esprit Devora, With help from Janice Geronimo. Edited by Corey Jennings. Production and voiceover by Adam Carroll. And music from Jay Huffman Live and Epidemic Sound. The Women in Tech podcast is a wearetech.fm production. Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener, go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes.